0: Night show, we have augmented reality expert, Dan Queen, and now for your host, Cool
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are live once again. It is episode 183 of the Kicking It With Cool Card Show. I am your host, Cool Card. If this is your first time joining in, I do invite you to subscribe, tell a friend, tell a friend, and everybody come back again so I can continue bringing you the great guests that I have on my show each and every week. We provide value, they provide the value. I just chime in with my little two cents but they provide all the value (laughs) all the knowledge all the cool stuff and tonight listen this is gonna be amazing if you know me i love gadgets i love technology and tonight we are gonna be unveiling the wonderful world of augmented reality exploring ai and just talking to an expert about all the wonderful things that are coming hear me out coming to us through AI augmented reality, all the things that we fear, he might be able to bust some myths for us and tell us all the good uh, use purposes and all that good stuff. But tonight, Dan kui is joining me, man. He is a he's a friend. He's a good friend that I've met long time a long time ago. And you're gonna see. You're gonna see. And, and if you've known me, you might have seen something that I've partake I partook in that. He put me on too so we're gonna see without further ado let's go let me bring him in <coughs> Welcome hey. to the show, Dan. <laughs> hey, how are you? <laughs> I am wonderful. I am wonderful, man. It is so good
2: seeing you. It has been years. It's been a long time, you know. Uh, it's been over, it's got to be over, uh, you know, 20, over 13 years maybe, somewhere 13, around there.
1: Yeah, it's probably been about 13 years, definitely, definitely. Damn so, man.
2: yeah, so we'll get, we got to tell
1: everybody how we oh, met. Yeah, yeah. I huh? have to start calling you old man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm a little seasoned. I am a little seasoned. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you, you met me back when, but yeah, it's all good. We all get wiser. We're just getting better, right?
2: <laughs> right that's right.
1: Hey, I have to yeah. ask you this. I yeah. pray before each conversation. Are you okay with that?
2: I'm fine with that. Go okay, right ahead.
1: I have to ask because everybody's faith is not the same. All right. yep. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for joining us together tonight. Just um, reuniting me and Dan, Dan and I, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, to have a great conversation about technology. Uh, one of the things we both love, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for allowing him to come on here and just share his knowledge and all of his experience with us, Heavenly Father. We just thank you for just allowing us to wake up each and every day, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus. We just thank you for life, love, happiness the food on our table the shoes on our feet the clothes on our back lord jesus just for waking us up today we just give you all the victory all the glory all the love all the praise in your name we pray amen amen, amen. <laughs> so let's let's start here before we introduce and, and tell everybody what you do we have to we have to set the precedent that i met you <laughs> over 10 years ago and I did here. a video for a product that you were working on at that time or working with a product you line did. called My View. We, we
2: definitely have to let the viewer see the video. <laughs> we, do. we do. And, and it, what's interesting here is that um, this, these are the predecessors or what originally be, started the beginnings of augmented reality smart glasses um and and google glass was born out of these and i have a pair and this is what we'll see you with a few minutes ago but back then these would give you like a 70 inch television on your face you can plug it into your cell phone or whatever but you know what i'm gonna let the video i'm gonna go i'm gonna transition to the (laughs) video here and i'm gonna let the video (laughs) speak for itself so everybody can see you in your prime here we go go
0: Oh my bad, man. I'm in your view. Oh no 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 no. You cool, man. I'm in my views. You're in your views. <laughs> I'm in my views. You're in your views. Yeah, I'm in my views. You, you and in your views? views. I'm in my views. You, you and in your views? views. I'm in my view. View 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 view. Ooh. Yeah, I got my, my views on my face. Hey, oh, my goodness. Oh <laughs> my, face, <say> what? <laughs> i got my, my, I got my, ma. I got my mind views on my face. Say what? You just plug it in your iPod and say, look what I got. It's like I got a movie screen sitting up on my eyes. I got my hands free. I can watch while I eat. You just plug it, in your in like you listen to a beat. When they see me on the plane, they be like, what's he doing? I got movies on my face. That is what I'm doing. I got Eddie Murphy, Holy Man, Chris Tucker, Jackie Chan, Rush Hour 1, 2, and 3. Even my Martin. And don't worry about the view. You got front row seats, because the screen is on you. Look at Hot Dog Day. He got them too. I even got streaming. Who watches streaming? Now get your iPod. Now get your cell phone. Now get your camcorder. Now get your DVD player. Get your game system. Now get your iPod. Now get your cell phone. Now get your DVD player. Now plug it right in. You can watch it right in. Now plug it right in. You can watch it right in. Now plug it right in. You can watch it right in. Now plug it right in. You can watch it right in. If you still ain't got a clue, then this is what you do. Grab yourself some shades to see it in my view, my view, my view, my view, my. is that good or what (laughs) oh
1: my god that is (laughs) Man, that brings back so many memories. I had so much fun making that video, but but what's crazy is I was a part of the beginning of where we are now, and I didn't even know it.
2: You were, you yeah. were. We 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 took that, and actually, the the story is, is that you know, we Google Google announced Google Glass in two thousand eight. Uh, i mean that's when they released it and we of course they were making noise about it uh in 2007 so i started reaching out to google and i started talking to them about hey you know intel was an investor in our company and we were saying hey we can take we can take an intel chip and we can put it in here and then we can use this new operating system called android and we'll have wearable computing on our face and and the displays will be here and the camera will be here can see out and um So I started talking to Google and it wasn't until, uh, it wasn't until CES of 2012 that we actually announced our product. Um, and we showed it at, at, um, at CES 2012. I think you have a video. Do you have a video of that?
1: Yeah. Let me show you. Yep. Yep.
2: I do. Here we go. What do I do? Well, we make uh, a wearable headset with integrated camera and viewer, but it's a smart device. In that not only can you, oops, sorry, not only can you stream um, and record video locally, but you can also stream it to the web live, uh, to a web portal that we also have, where your friends, family, anyone you wish can view it, can communicate with you, and they can see exactly what you're doing. In fact, you can pop open a street view, a map view, and they can see where you are, where you're traveling to on the map. And they see the video that you're streaming at the same time. So what's in here? So what is in here is this is a complete smart Android device. It's basically a complete tablet that's built into this device. So one of the things that you can do, for instance, if you'd like to if you'd like to browse the web, you can simply put this on and put this on. You can put this in your pocket, get it out of the way. Then you can pull open your cell phone. And now you can use your cell phone to control our Android smart device and I can completely see what's going on. I can move, I can scroll the menu, I can browse the web, I can do emails, I can even play video games and stuff. You don't want to play video games on the monocular. You'll want to take the device off and dock it with a large screen TV or a projector. And since it's an Android device with Android market enabled, you can download video games and anything and anything that's on the market, and you can play those. So the nice, the nice thing about this whole concept is, when you're alone, you can record video of what you're doing, or you can stream it to the web. When you get back to your room or with your friends, you can disconnect the smart controller, you can sit down, you can share your videos of the day, or you can do emails, browse the web, play video games, whatever you'd like to do with your friends. Took the whole concept. It's interesting because, you know, that was, you know, that was 2012, right? And so it was the world's first Android smart glasses for augmented reality. And shortly after we made that announcement, Google shows up at our doorstep and says, uh you know what we sort of copied your patents and we have this thing called google glass it does what your thing does what are we going to do about it and the company who bought us uh which was foxconn um and we we set up a whole new company for foxconn to build this thing um and anybody who knows the name foxconn knows that they make all the apple products um for iphone that sort of thing um so essentially foxconn and google cut a deal um and you can read about it on the internet but they cut a deal they sold all our patents to google for google glass and in return foxconn got rights to manufacture the first version of google glass and the rest of us got fired so um oh, wow. even though we created it so i was uh, i joined another company at that uh, shortly after that doing augmented reality talking about how to really make augmented reality work inside of companies like dhl walmart and those sort of places and while I traveled the world speaking, I would put up a little sign, and I'll show this little picture here. Uh, here, I'll put it up so everybody can see it. Let me go over here.
1: Yeah. Hold on, let me switch over to the Cameo. We can get a good okay. look at that. There we go. There you go.
2: So basically, I'd show that Google really didn't create it. Um, we did. They copied a version of uh, one of our headsets. Ours was for two eyes, so it was a binocular device. Google Glass was one eye for a monocular. And they didn't even change the industrial design much the wire rim glasses still looked the same. Um, so wow. it, was, uh, it, it was it was pretty interesting when I'd have these conversations with people uh, at various trade events and conferences and, and showed them sort of the history of where where Google Glass got its beginnings from.
1: Mm. So you guys were I mean, wow,
2: you man you were ahead of your time doing the my view dance
1: (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) oh man yeah i hey and i appreciate that opportunity because i'm telling you i i love gadgets i had a youtube show uh doing tech reviews for years and like yeah so that was right up my alley that really made my year i have fun doing that.
2: You know, it was really creative, and I had so much fun showing that to all sorts of people. You know that we were trying to promote the product to, and uh, they were going, "Who is this guy?" And I said, "Oh, he's an up-and-coming rapper out of out of uh, you know out of Atlanta, and uh, <laughs> no, trying to drum up a little business for you."
1: <laughs> hey, that's pretty cool. I appreciate it. I really do. Hey, so tell everybody, tell everybody your title right now. Your working title at your at your job now, and. Your the years that you've spent in the world of technology because you were at the forefront of AR and VR and all that.
2: Yeah, so I'm vice president of sales and business development for uh, a software agency. We basically do, you know, we're a digital company, and that we create different types of of applications, uh, whether they're shopping applications for big supermarkets. Uh, or um down your end I, i'm not sure if pet paradise is down your end uh, um but seen. it's a it's a resort for pets where your your dog as an example gets their own room gets a camera gets a tv oh, wow. you, can, you can you can remote in on on the app that we make for them and say i want to order ice cream for my dog and they'll they will you can see them serve it to your dog um wow but we, we, we make all kinds of different applications we do augmented reality apps so it's 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 pretty wild the different things we get involved with Okay, and then on uh technology side you know i've been in it from basically from i mean high school i was in electronics way back when okay. i went in the air force and spent my time working on uh, electronic systems on aircraft and then it, it, and it's quite funny i then got into um I got a call one day uh, when I was working on base, and and uh, the guy says, hey, this is Commander so-and-so. Do you uh, do you know me? And I go, how would I know a commander in the Navy? I'm in the Air Force. And he said, well, I hang out with some of your friends. And I go, really? And he said, yeah, we, we go scuba diving together. And he said, I run a, a community project. I need an electronics guy. Do you want to come and help? And I said, what kind of projects? And And he said, we look for shipwrecks. I said what? <laughs> you know, so uh, so I said yeah, I'll help. So uh, a couple weeks later, I'm sitting and doing my work in my office, and and all of a sudden I get a, a nasty phone call from the commander who told me to get my butt down to his office in a hurry. So I I, I run down to the run down to his office. I go, yes, sir. What do you need? And he goes, um, what the hell did you do? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? And he goes. You got orders to go work for the Navy for two weeks. <laughs> oh, wow. And, you know, every every summer for two weeks, I would go to the Navy and I would work, look uh, for shipwrecks, uh, historical shipwrecks of, you know, uh, just to catalog them. And I do that with the Navy. And when I got out, he and I started a business out in San Francisco. and We look for shipwrecks for commercial use. We did all sorts of things. We were the first company do an electronic underwater survey of the BART tunnel. Uh, underneath san francisco harbor Mm -hmm. um we we did all sorts of crazy things so it was pretty wild
1: so did you create some type of device to look for
2: the shipwrecks or you had to program something or what so there's a couple things there one there was a thing called uh side scan sonar which was the best unit in the world was actually made here in new hampshire um and, and um and we would use that gentleman's side scan sonar systems which were very expensive at the time uh, today, there are nickel and dimes at the store, right? You can buy these units at any marine store. But uh, back then, they were super expensive, created very, very high-resolution images, at what was considered high-resolution at the time. And we towed them behind the boat, and we would look, create a drawing of what was down below. Mm-hmm. And you would survey that way. And then there was also other types of things, magnetometers, um, sonar, bottom profiles, Profilers, But one of the things you'll find interesting is that there was no such thing as cell phones back then and there was no such thing as GPS. So when we were doing the BART survey, we had what we call Loran, he probably never even heard of that, but it was the way uh, boaters uh, uh, navigated and um, we were so close to the shore, we needed a way to be able to say whether we were on top of the tunnel or not. So I built a laser system, and I actually shot a laser beam out into the water so that it, it would show up on the boat, and I could see how far off the, the ruler we were from the from the center line of the tunnel based on where the laser light was hitting. And so, wow. but that was because we had no GPS. We had to, you know, we had to do something, you know, that was creative. Right. And how how many
1: ships did you find, and what was like the coolest uh, discovery? The,
2: um, well, we actually, well, we think we never were able to excavate or do anything because it was a, a national park, um, but we think we found a, a Spanish galleon out in California off of Point Reyes. Uh, shards of pottery from, from different Chinese dynasties kept washing ashore, and when we did our sonar survey, we we painted a really nice picture of a wreck down there, but because it was in a national park, they wouldn't let us do any any work on it. Um, wouldn't let us dig or anything else it, it would the permits would take too long
1: right. the other,
2: the, some other cool things that we did was uh, we, we would look for um, brand new fishing boats that would sink coming out of the Columbia River um, the the, top, the the water there is so rough sometimes the boats capsize and so we we get called out to um, to survey uh, survey and try to find those one of the coolest wrecks I was on, though, was the uh, boat that went down and uh, ship that went down, I, I think it was 1907, um, and it was called the SS Republic, and supposedly it was loaded with with $3 million of gold American eagles, which at the time we were t- doing a survey, uh, that would be equivalent to about $50 million um, in just coin value. That doesn't count condition of the coin and what it what it the value would be because of the condition of the coin and i, I actually have a video if you want to see that i have a let's, short video let's on go that. let me go to cameo yeah, <laughs> yeah and this is uh this is an old video and it's on we were on cbs uh for this and you'll see uh, I'll, of course i'll be a lot younger then but you'll see uh, what was going on so there i'm loading the sonar
0: some of the mm. side scans, sonar tech Reviewing the that, pictures. Uh, is relatively new to the market. And that's a picture of the Republic right there. She is in remarkable condition, considering she's been down for 70 years. How many people are going to be involved in the salvage? Um, probably between 50 and 60 people when we get to the salvage. And effort. are they all going to.
2: Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was a, you know, we used paper back then and that was paper coming out of the machine, you know, instead of a set of a, a, a LCD screen or something, we had to, had to use thermal paper that printed the image of what, what I, you were looking at. So that just
1: printed the, the image of, of the, the area of the wreck. Correct. So you couldn't look at like details or anything like that.
2: Yeah. The problem with that was you had after a day of survey, you would have all these rolls of paper. That you had to look through and open them up, unroll them, and try to find what you were looking at and the marks that you made, and it was it was quite a task um, to uh, keep all the papers. What on that on that drawing
1: or graph made you see? Well, what indicated that it could possibly be a wreck with what you were looking at? So it
2: actually looked like a ship laying on its side. So you oh, actually okay. saw. You actually saw what looked like a ship and and the towers coming off of the ship and of course it was laying on its side so you had a you had a shadow or echo coming off of that um but you could you could pretty much tell it was a ship i mean there was nothing else that big down there right Right. because the ship was a few hundreds of feet long and how deep that one surprisingly that was in pretty shallow water it was about 250 feet of water somewhere in there so they were able to recover like the coins and all that because the ship had been down there for so long And it was laying on its side And when it hit on its side Everything sort of collapsed inward mm-hmm. And so the the safe uh, Where the gold would have been stored Was lying at the bottom of all the wreckage And so mm-hmm. yeah. For the, the two weeks we were supposed to be out there That cost two million dollars to do the survey Just to be out there Wow <clears throat> So um, you can imagine how much it would cost if you actually tried to excavate and pull off all the broken pieces of the ship and and go down and then try to get inside to find something which you really don't want to do with divers when a collapsed shipwreck you know so um we actually had to turn around and come back fairly early because um the uh, refrigerator broke and all the food got spoiled and uh we had nothing to eat for a few days so we decided time to go back (laughs) oh man how where what ocean was that in that was off the coast of massachusetts about uh, i think it was about 50 60 miles offshore so it wasn't that far and no one's ever so with all these cranes and
1: all that stuff now like nobody could go out there and set up shop and put a crane down there and
2: drag that stuff up I'm, i'm i'm sure they could now or something but still you know it's um you know, shipwrecks when they're underwater and they're all broken apart and they're rusted and things are just breaking apart as soon as you grab on onto them. It's, it's not a good thing.
1: Okay, so it's dangerous, pretty much. Yeah, it's it's very dangerous. Okay. Very dangerous. Wow, that's that's a man. You've done some cool stuff, but I, that's not even a half. I'm sure because you told me you you're skydiving, you're scuba diving, you're doing all these crazy things. You're Alligator hunting, your ghost hunting—talk about that!
2: <laughs> yeah, the ghost hunting part—it it was pretty wild. Um, it, it actually started from an, an old girlfriend from high school. She gave me a call and she said, uh, "Dan, I have this friend. Um, he has a lot of money. He lives in New Hampshire. He bought an old mansion and refurbished it." And, uh, I, 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 I don't want to sound like I'm being a little crazy here. Um, he needs help with technology, but, but, you know, don't think I'm nuts. If I say what I'm going to say, I go, what is it? She goes, well, he says it's haunted and he needs help trying to figure out how to, how to look for haunted, you know, look for ghosts. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this should be interesting. So, um, so I went over to meet the guy and, um, quite an amazing gentleman and what he did to the mansion um, and how he refurbished it. But the history is, is that it was an old governor's mansion and the people, the governor and everybody who lived there at one time, somehow um, uh, a child got killed inside the the mansion and um, and as a result, he claims it's haunted. And um, he'll be sitting there at night, sometimes working and papers will get thrown across the room. You know feels like someone's running by a little kid is running by and that sort of thing so he basically said can you with with and actually it was started with my view glasses mm-hmm. can you create something that will allow me to see in the dark i want night vision and i don't want to pay military night vision which costs four thousand five thousand dollars i want something that you know i can just easily use and that sort of thing so we came in agreement i built him some unique uh, me and, me and uh, the team, some of the team you remember. I don't know if you remember Kip from when we were at MyView and that sort of thing. I think but I we built, that name. Yeah, he was the boss. Um, but we built him a set of MyView glasses with cameras on them, with night vision cameras on them. And he could actually see in the dark. But we also built it. Um, there's this thing called EVP. Um, that that ghost hunters use, investigators—I I, I can't say ghost hunters. I have to say investigators <laughs> that inve- paranormal investigators use. Um, and basically, what they say is that you cannot hear a ghost directly. You have to be able to record the ghost and then play it back, and you'll hear what the ghost said. So we built into the MyView glasses a way for you to record immediately. And play it back in your ear with a three-second delay, so you were able to hear a ghost if the ghost was talking without having to wait till after the ghost investigation to play the whole thing back. So he he then hooked me up with some people who actually came and did an investigation on his property, and that was Sci Fi Channel's Ghost Hunters. And so I met the whole you know Sci Fi Channel Ghost Hunter team um, people probably know them they're pretty pretty famous now and we started working together we became really good friends and um let me just see uh let me see i think i have one here and and steve gonzalez was one of them i'm gonna flip to one of my videos maybe a couple slides or two and i'll show you so this is uh steve um doing some work with me at at the consumer electronics show but you'll hear him talk in a second And, and it's in the dark and then This is another picture I would uh, I would actually go out with Steve and we use our night vision uh, goggles and AR capabilities and I would work with different people and he introduced me to more people so Steve is is the one wearing the blue hat and Josh Gates who people might know um, uh, if they've ever seen uh, the Discovery Channel's uh, Expeditions Unknown and uh, I would provide some gear to to uh, Josh Gates for his show as well so uh i got introduced to a a bunch of the reality tv show guys and um and uh, we've been friends ever since answer this question what so i've seen so you i saw that uh you showed me a picture or a
1: video of something that was on the floor that was detecting what is that and and what what actually detects you know is it waves like explain that to me what actually detects the ghost in your presence
2: yeah, so um, go, investigators use a bunch of different types of devices to to check for energy in the area. The ePod that you you showed uh, you you mentioned, and I'll, I, I can show a picture of that in a minute. Okay. Um, but the ePod is an electronic uh, device with an antenna on it, and basically it it detects static electricity in the area. Okay. And supposedly um when when paranormal activity is near you um there's an increase in static electricity and um, because it's energy you right. know paranormal entities are energy and as they come by this thing will detect it so so the video i'll show in a minute is actually one of those epods on the ground on the floor of the conjuring house now some people know what The Conjuring House is. Some people won't. So The Conjuring House, look up the movie The Conjuring, and you will see it's a, it was a pretty popular movie. Of course, it was really exaggerated with ghosts and spirits, <laughs> evil spirits and that sort of thing. But uh, uh, I met an individual at, at a, uh, a paranormal investigation, and he said, Dan, you got to come and spend the night. I I live in The Conjuring House. And he kept saying The Conjuring House, and I was like, what are you talking about the conjuring house he goes the movie think of the movie i'm in the real house and we were like really you live in that thing he goes yeah and, and we're gonna do a we're gonna do something on discovery channel and and you ought to come up and spend the night and we can do a, an investigation and bring all your night vision and cameras in. and so my wife and i went out and we were gonna spend the night and i'll, I'll show a picture here of what the house looks like um so people can see it, it also happened to be Halloween, and if you want to switch the camera over. Oh, yeah, uh, there, go ahead. Okay. So, so <laughs> it's an old, old house, really old, and uh, it was Halloween, and uh, the night we, uh, you know, Halloween week, the night we went up, so I'm, I'm having a little fun with the skeletons he puts on the outside, I'm, you know, walking around the house, but the house is really it's old. It's ancient. I, I think the thing was built in the 1700s or something. Um, and inside the house, it, the way it's set up is a little bizarre. I mean, it's a, little, it's a little spooky on the second floor because you can see from one end of the building all the way through the bedrooms to the other end of the building. Um, and I've never seen a house set up with bedrooms like that where you can see straight through. Um, and so, so the video I'm going to show here in a second is of it's of the uh that e-pod on the floor and the um all night long none of the none of the ePods in the house had made an alarm at all they were all completely silent so um there are cameras in every room so we're actually in another room where, where we can see what's going on and this time the the people we were with said hey why don't your wife go out there and ask the spirit questions so my wife goes out and she starts asking asking questions you know into the thin air right she says are you happy and this thing on the floor just starts going wild it just starts blinking it starts beeping and it it, it went nuts and when you watch the video at the end you'll actually hear my wife say hey how many fingers do I have and she's holding four fingers out right Mm-hmm. And you'll hear you'll hear the tone of the uh, of the ePod. It's got a baseline tone going, and then you'll hear it beep four times. Go boo, beep, boo, beep, boo. Four times it will beep. What in um, the world? And, to, and so I was counting her fingers, right? So I'm going to play that, and you can you can listen in on the whole thing. You have to listen carefully though. Okay.
0: can you touch that little gadget on the floor make it go off Thank you. I heard that. Are you? that means you are. That would mean a lot to me. I'm I'm holding up some fingers. Can you see them? Do you know how many I'm holding up? Good. Thank you for answering. I was wondering if you could see me.
2: so right after that my wife said uh i'm not gonna stay here tonight i want to go home
1: yeah i would have <laughs> so, said the same thing yeah. I, so we I, drove I, drove two and a half hours home <laughs> the middle no of the no way i would have stayed there yeah, yeah yeah i'm good i'm good yeah. uh, uh. and so if so in that house who supposedly died in that house
2: so there's been you know there's there was this family that lived there in the 70s and i think that's what the movie was about but i think it was 74 or something but it was about um it was about how the um um you know there I, I don't know if there was actual possession or or if there was just a lot of um activity and and the kids and family got spooked out of the house in the movie it shows a lot of possession and the mother goes crazy and she's taken over by the the entity and that sort of thing but I don't think that really happened in real life it was just a it was just a really uh, a, a real strong haunting that that happened to take place um, mm. and um, so the house has passed hands multiple times um, and then uh, a friend of mine who's sort of in the in the in the in the, in the reality TV show business um, uh, got an invitation to live there for a period of time and then helped put together a a show for discovery channel and and i actually couldn't show these videos for a year because i had i had agreed with the discovery people that i would not i would not air anything on social media until after their show was was you know on the air so what was the name of the, of the show?
1: show do you recall no
2: i don't i i don't remember there's there's actually a couple of them but it, it actually talks about the haunting at the conjuring house or something like that. The title is something like that. Okay. But, uh, it's pretty wild. <laughs> Man, that is wow. <laughs>
0: I mean, that I've is... always
1: believed in, I, I've always believed in that. So that just, that just wow. Just to see it though, you know, to actually see that that's amazing.
2: Yeah. And it, and it actually, and all that got me, that actually, moved back into augmented reality, um, it got tied in together because what happened was, um, you know, back after the big guys started moving into augmented reality, the big guys, Microsoft and, and Google and all these other guys, um, I started going, what what else can we do to have a niche and, and, and grow a company with augmented reality? And the one thing that that hit me because of the ghost hunting was night vision. And so we built, we decided, I, I actually got a call from a company and uh, one, of the, uh, one of the VPs there knew me and she said, hey, we're trying to come up with some new devices that use our technology. Would you, uh, would you come on board and help us build a business uh, around our technology, but build whatever you need to. So we built three products essentially um, and i can i can show you one here in a minute but um right. that that not only had night vision but had augmented reality built in and that was pretty cool because to this day in fact i was just having a conversation with somebody at the augmented reality conference out in california a week ago uh to this day not, none of the augmented reality guys out there are doing night vision and um it would be it would be a very cool thing because you have uh, in the industrial space alone, you have 23 million field service workers. Think of the the linemen that work at night, and they have to do climb poles and everything in the night. Uh, they could use these night vision, augmented reality night vision tools to actually see what they're working on, and it feeds them information telling them exactly what they're working on. You're on pole number 365. There's There's 220 volts through the transformer it's off right now um you know i mean those sort of things are all wow. in front of your eyes when you're do- using augmented reality <laughs> i did not know it could do all of that so you yeah. know when i when
1: i thought of augmented reality you know the iphone used to do augmented reality for a while and then they took it off of there it, no
2: they still do it they still there, do it yeah there are there are basically 1.4 billion people using augmented reality today. And every cell phone has many, many apps for augmented reality. Most consumers know augmented reality from first games like Pokemon Go. Yeah. Um, or, or, or you're doing virtual shopping. Um, yeah. Or you're, you're like if you're an IKEA customer, uh, you can actually use a, a, a cell phone and you want to buy a new couch. You move your cell phone around your living room, and and it puts the couch right there in your living room, right? But the the thing that we built, and I actually won an award for this, is this guy. Mm, Okay. this, This is called a Blaze Spark, and I was upside down. Sorry about that. And what this was meant to do, it has a night vision sensor built in here, but it was meant to put your cell phone in here. Okay. Oh, the way it worked is that you put your cell phone in here, and it's a cradle for your cell phone. Okay, and let me unlock my cell phone here. There you go. And so your cell phone's in there operating, but now your cell phone just got turned into a night vision camera, What real night vision. And so when I turn this on, let me turn it on here. When I turn it on, it's going to it's going to load an app. And let me just let me uh see if the app come on okay so now so now there's night vision in fact if i <laughs> let, me just, let me kill it, it, this one's black and white i'll show you another one which is color in a, in a few minutes but let me okay. turn the lights off So now now it's dark in here and you can see this thing sees me perfectly okay wow. now I'll, I'll turn the lights back on here now what was cool about this device and this is why we won ces awards. Do you remember the app called periscope yeah um, social app where it allowed yeah. you to see people streaming video anywhere in the world yeah and you went to a little map and you could pick them and say i want to see what you're doing in spain right so we built an app like that for this so while you're walking around at night streaming whatever you're streaming people around the world could be watching you and they could be talking to you in the dark and and you could be <laughs> telling them, yeah I'm- I'm, I'm here in the dark right now I'm, I'm doing this and and uh, oh, hold on let me just get this back here and um, no, and great. you could have a conversation and you could show them the fun you were having but we also built AR for Facebook you had to opt in you had to agree to it so I, since since the app is no longer working' it's, this thing is no longer being sold I, I have to use a picture but here's a picture of a mm-hmm. friend okay and if she if she was walking by me and it was a dark this would see her and pull up her whole facebook profile automatically wow so so here Uh, here we are i'm going to put it i'm going to put the camera here i'm going to pull up her picture and then you tell me you'll be able to see what it does see just pull up her. hold on let me go
1: let me go to the Cameo goes. shot. Hold on. Give me one second. Okay. Let me switch to the Cameo shot. And I want to see this. Yeah, go ahead. Do it again.
2: Okay, so uh, I pull up her picture and it automatically detects... There it goes. Detects her Facebook profile and pulls it up.
1: That is amazing.
2: Hey, does this does this technology
1: have anything to do with what they're doing with um, the Oculus, the, the goggles? Because, you know, it detects... You can go to people's pro, uh, Facebook profiles and all
2: types of stuff like that? Does that have anything to do with that? Or did they use some of that technology? Um, I'm not sure if they do. or I mean, they could. They could use their own facial recognition. They could use their own profile. Um, uh, you know, all that stuff is possible. Okay. Um, because the, the the software has gotten pretty sophisticated today. Um, and, and, you know, um, looking at people's faces, and as long as you have a profile of them someplace... It, it's pretty easy for the system to actually go in and say, yeah, it's, yep, yeah, I know this person and pull up the information. So yeah, it's possible.
1: Technology is amazing. Man, <laughs> yes, you have been a it, part, you've been a part of some cool stuff, some really cool stuff. I can't wait to see what else you got in store. Like, what are you, what are you currently working on now? Cause I know you got. You.
2: <laughs> so there is, well, first off there's, um Oh, well there's a whole bunch of things so okay. obviously the company I'm working with now we do we do software apps and those sort of things right okay um but I still because of the business I've been and I still get a lot of people that call me and ask me to help so I I can't say I can't tell you, can't. you the names and everything. but there's a there's a thing going on now where the you've heard about all the government stuff going on about UAPs which is or UFOs mm-hmm. and they now call them UAPs um, and there's a bunch of work being done to actually try to to capture more images of these sort of things. So I, I actually am working with some folks to help them potentially build some new systems that are inexpensive, that can record images uh, day or night uh, of these of these things that they're seeing and document those. Um, so that's, that would be a pretty cool little project. I can't... Also, but- also, doing some other work on um, with with AI um, for recognition of um, animals, not not people, but using AI to recognize different types of animals. Um, so you know it, it it would be sort of cool <laughs> to yeah. do that. I, you know a good a good example would be, you know, I, I told you about um, the the pet resort. Um, imagine if you're an owner and you want to know, when your dog runs from inside the building and goes to the swimming pool and goes swimming so you want to know when it comes out so if you had cameras set up that actually recognize animals and and did facial recognition of the dogs um you can notify the owner that in fact <laughs> your dog just went out for a swim and then you could see your dog swimming <laughs> oh my god this stuff is getting crazy yeah and then you know and then you, you start talking about ai being added to all this stuff and it just ratches it up uh, a, a notch even further yeah. so
1: okay so that's a good segue to okay a lot of myths out there about ai destroying humanity uh security risk what what is your take on all of that so do you feel like it can present security risk national security risk uh just for people in general what are some good we well we know the the yeah
2: you know it's 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 a tough thing to say right i mean (laughs) there's a a lot of a lot of people out there a lot smarter than me that are that have already put down their their two cents worth on on the subject um look any technology can be dangerous right just like what I showed you a minute ago with the the facial recognition and the, the Facebook thing, um, uh, that could be used in the wrong way if somebody really wanted it to be. Um, AI is like that too. Um, can AI get out of control? Uh, again, you know, I'm not I'm not an engineer. I can only say that that. Probably anything is possible these days. I mean, think of all the movies where Skynet takes over the world, you know, and launches, launches weapons, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? Um, but the stuff is pretty powerful and building upon the models, the learning models that they build on can make it pretty powerful. And how does one limit that? So, you know, like ChatGPT, if you look at ChatGPT today, which does a lot of cool things, um, I mean, I use it almost every day for some things. Um, but if you look at that, all the information, all the questions that it's being asked is building its libraries, mm-hmm. right? So that if it ever gets asked about this again, it has contents, context to actually give an answer to, right? So, So if all this knowledge is being built up, then there has to be a way to act on it, right? So is there a physical way to where ai is connected so that it can physically activate something um i'm sure there is i mean there's ai built in a lot of different things especially on the on on the um, uh manufacturing side of the house um but will it ever ratchet up farther than that i mean you heard the um a week ago you heard the the story about the the, the air force simulation that um that supposedly Killed the drone operator because he wouldn't allow the drone to make a kill right and of course the Air Force then came, you didn't hear that uh-uh. oh look it up It was all over the news a week or so ago um, it was it at first they said a drone operator died due to AI taking control of the drone and coming back to kill him because he wouldn't give the drone permission to take out the bad guys <laughs> so the drone tried to find a creative way to get around killing the bad guy so he figured the drone figured that the only way to kill the bad guy was to kill the operator to get permission to kill the bad guy <laughs> so yeah and then the air force obviously immediately denied it and there's all this hoopla around it It turned out it was a simulation and apparently the air force actually denied that that scenario ever took place but it's out there you can read about it um but those are the those are the sort of things that you you, you know people can worry about right is Right. Is it possible that uh, that AI makes a logical choice in its mind to do something when it has control of something like a drone in order to do something that's not right? Um, and And I don't know. I, I don't know, but I do think, you know uh, here in in the United States, I know there's a lot of talk about uh, about limiting um, um, you know AI. I can tell you, though, having traveled the world and spent a lot of time in countries like China, that nobody else around the world is going to stop um, limiting their education and growth of AI, and it would be disadvantage for us to do the same. The, do we need to control it? Certainly, but um, but you know, given the state of the world these days, you know, hmm, you you have to think twice about there
1: that. There has now. to be a fine line of control. And limitations,
2: right? Yeah. <clears throat> Online. Yeah, but AI, you know, there's there's some pretty cool stuff. I have, a, in fact, I'm doing a demo. Um, this is a pair of AR glasses. You know, I put them on, and all of a sudden, it's got cameras here, and computer information appears in front of my eyes. And one of the one of the demos on this pair of glasses. Uh, this is made by Vuzix, one of the companies I was working uh, for. This is called uh, a, a, a Vuzix Blade. Um, and, and so one of the demos is that um, you use AI and if I say something wrong it automatically tells me in the screen that I'm I'm saying something wrong so if I say if I say for an example a um, hey, uh, hey I'm, 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 I'm 22 years old I'm about ready to go to you know I'm about ready to graduate from college it might come up and say <laughs> Dan, you're an old man. Don't, don't, don't even think about that. Right? <laughs> so it, it, it knows enough to do those sort of things. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. So is that,
1: is that similar to what the Ray-Ban type of glasses are? Is that along the same vein as well?
2: No, this pair of glasses actually has a full computer built in there. There's batteries built in a computer oh, wow. built in Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. Um, it has, uh, finger control here so you can adjust you can move the uh, scroll and different things with it um, and, it, it, and I, you probably can't see the the screen in the light I'm trying to get it to reflect a little bit but there's a oh yeah
1: a, yeah I saw
2: a little bit screen in there um, but um, but you can it, it can connect to your cell phone as well Um, So you can you can take phone calls from here. It'll show you who's calling, you know, what's going on Um, This is one of the smaller uh, Lighter pairs of AR glasses on the market. They are getting smaller and lighter The biggest problem for any of the vendors making glasses is battery power Um, You know, if you want a pair of glasses, that's gonna last all day Um, Batteries get big and then the heads the headsets the you know, the uh, the temples here get get very big Um, Does it get hot? Does it get hot on your head? No, this doesn't get hot at all. Um, it gets warm, but it doesn't get hot. You know, so it's uncomfortable. And and so you'll you'll find different different styles of these around. Um, and they're getting better every day, as I said. Man, those are cool.
1: There's so much technology going like this stuff we don't even know about. The public is I don't think we're really privy to all of these gadgets, like the glasses. I mean, you know, all I knew about were the Ray Bans. That's all I've heard about you know and I haven't even really looked into it but you got stuff like that that's on the market and wow
2: yeah I, I mean and, and uh, you know uh, I think you do you do have to be aware of technology in order to find some of this stuff because not all these tech not, not all these new products can make it to the shelves on, t- on time and so you most of these companies now are looking at digital means, digital media means of getting out there whether it's social media or some other means. Of getting out there and 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 growing um you know because going in a store is very expensive right uh, putting product in the store is really expensive but another pair of glasses I, I don't know if you ride bicycles or or anything but but um engo is another uh, eyewear company um engo and if you look them up they actually look like oakley's and they have they have uh, uh ar built into them And as you're riding your bike, it tells you your speed. It gives you your compass. It'll even give you directions um, all inside the glass while you're bicycling along. And they're, they look very nice as well. And they're reasonably priced. Certainly, I mean, bikes are so expensive nowadays. Anyways, anybody that can afford a $2,000 bicycle is have no problem buying a pair of these augmented reality glasses uh, (laughs) for their work. So
1: (laughs) what do you, how do you feel about AI taking people's jobs? How do you feel about that? It's a lot of
0: talk you know,
2: about that. Um, like, I, I'm just going to say like all technology that has happened over the few decades that I've been around and looking at different ways of, of what has happened. Um, you know, everybody always threat, threatened about, about, oh, my job, my job. And then we found out that people got retrained, started doing things a little differently. Um, and, and I think that will happen as well. Okay. Um, you know, so I, I I'm not so concerned about that aspect of AI at, at this point in time. I do think it's going to change the world drastically. Um, you know, I saw um, I saw an app that got made the other day using AI, and it, it the the person wrote um, basically wrote a little script saying what he wanted the app to do, and it created all the graphical files for what the what the app would look like in fig. What uh, a tool called Figma. Software designers know what that is, um, and then from the Figma, it actually created um, the source code and generated the app. And the guy loaded it on his phone and ran it. Uh, now, is it an app that that is robust enough to stand if it was commercial and, and twelve million people beating on the app a, a day? Probably not. But still, that's a that's a heck of a step in one direction, right? Yeah, uh, the thing- something to build on. Yeah, and and you know, so you, it's not hard to imagine that software design is going to incorporate the use of AI to make software more robust, um, less less testing, right? You can you can imagine that AI is going to provide testing um, uh, for applications before you roll them out the door, so you make them close to bug free compared to what they are nowadays, right? So yeah. it's 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 coming, that's coming.
1: So for for dummies, so AR. For dummies ai for dummies can you give us a little gist of like what what is actually the technology behind the behind it what is it what makes it work if you can explain that in five minutes i guess
2: well behind ai and i'm not an expert in it again but behind ai ai actually is a set of libraries these large libraries called llms and um the data that's collected allows ai to act upon it right it allows it to predict prediction is one of the cool things that ai can do and, and by prediction what i mean by this is that if you're a worker and and you're doing a certain number of tasks like you're assembling a vehicle mm-hmm. and you've got a pair of ar glasses on right and the ar glasses like the ones i just showed you the ar glasses are are has a camera and it's showing the AI what you're doing and you grab something and you screw it in, maybe AI will then predict that your next move should be this. And it might say, oh, your next move is to grab the screwdriver and put another screw in here. Or maybe you did it wrong and it's going to say to you, you know what? You did the wrong thing. What you really needed to do was this. So please go grab this tool and act upon it this way. Um, so there's just all sorts of cool things that can, that can come out of that. So a, you know, a lot of people started to think that AR was going to sort of just go away or it would be around, but it wasn't going to be the the big hit that it should be. Right. And we're all seeing that's, that's been proven wrong for a number of years now, but AI combined with AR now makes AR grow exponentially because the two work together, A ar is sort of the interface the outward interface of ai it's the way that ai can express itself to humans because now you can see using ar what is going on around you mm. so so
1: so being the expert being an expert what are some of what are some uses that you see coming in the future that we you know the public the general public may not see coming or even know about
2: yeah, I, I think you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of innovations in healthcare. I think that's going to be a big plus. Um, uh, I, I, unfortunately, I don't think it'll drive down costs because our healthcare system is built on let's we have new technology and even though technology makes our job easier, let's charge more for it. Um, so that's that's the U.S. healthcare system. Um, but we're already seeing some cool stuff in the healthcare world um, using AI um uh capabilities um you're going certainly going to see um i i don't have a vid I, let me just see if i have a video loaded up i don't think i have a video um uh, no uh but my son works for an ai company and they build an application and you take your your cell phone and if you hover over food it not only tells you everything that's on your plate but it tells you how many calories are in each one and if you <laughs> If you took a spoonful of sugar and dropped it on the plate, it would tell you that you just added sugar to your meal and that is adding extra calories to you. So imagine, imagine now that it can actually tell you, Hey, you know, you're not eating right. You know, you're too fat. You got to do this. Right. Right? Um, So your car. Car is another good example. I mean, you're already a lot of cars are already driverless, right? You can buy a Ford F-150 now, brand new, and you can completely let go of the steering wheel and it'll go down the road for you. Um, you know, so that's that's even going to be more enhanced with AI as we go. So almost, you know, I, I think when you talk about AI and AR, I, I really believe that whatever you can imagine, you can do
1: that is crazy what about the metaverse how do you feel about the metaverse
2: ah the metaverse so everybody after the after the crypto fiasco everybody said the metaverse is dead and and you know what um certain parts of it may have died but the 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 president of epic games uh a couple of weeks ago made a statement if the metaverse is dead, how come I have 600 million people on my using the, our metaverse daily? 600 million people, right? So, is the metaverse dead? No, I don't think it is. It's, it, but people certainly marketeers are going to pull back. Um, they certainly are going to rephrase what the metaverse is. They're going to put it in different, different, uh, uh, a different viewpoint under a different layer of light. And um, they'll come back at it with with another sense of what you can do. It look Nike's made a fortune in the in, in the metaverse, selling selling um, Nike wear to avatars uh, okay. for all your for all the kids out there, right? And then oh, by the way, you want your avatars dressed this way, and you want to do the same thing? Push a button, we'll send it to your house, and it just costs you a hundred bucks. Um, so <laughs> yeah. they made a lot of money. I met I met a guy from a sporting goods shop. At a conference, and we were talking about the metaverse and and you know um, the different the different worlds that exist. And he said, "Yeah, we just we just spent two million dollars on property in the metaverse." And I go, "What?" And then he's, he "Yeah, we we bought a parcel." I said, "What for?" And he goes, "Well, everybody else is doing it." And I go, "Well, you're a sporting goods company. Are you going to start selling in there? What are you going to do?" Oh, we haven't decided yet, but we decided we better do it just because everybody else was. So, you know, it, it's a little wild. Now, yeah. now web three is coming, you know, which the metaverse is partially based on decentralized data. Um, I, it's, that's gotten a little bit more quiet since the, the crypto thing as well, but it is coming. There are, there are web browsers that you can download that are web three based, which means that you own your data. And it also means that that um, companies need to find different ways of engaging you as a consumer because now you own your data in that world, in, in the world of Web three. And you you know when you go to a website, companies don't automatically gain all your data. You have to give; they have to give you something in return to get data. Uh, and that's the concept of Web three. Um, and so that's why you see you see companies doing all sorts of AR. Of things to entice people to come and reward them for for um, for participating. Um, I think one of the one of the one of the uh, the uh, beer companies actually created a rewards program where they're they're actually giving out points for every buy that you make of a beer product of theirs, and then those points can be turned in for money or prizes or whatever, right? So it's that reward. They're getting ready for web three where you own the data and they don't. So your
1: data, your information, right? Is that what you're talking about? My personal information.
2: Huh? My personal information, you know, like right now, Amazon owns you, Facebook owns you. You know, every site you go to that you want to do something on, they own you because you click on the button, you provide them that information. And that's why all your your when you go to a web browser and you open up a page, all of a sudden all these ads pop up and they're specific to things that you were looking yeah. for previously, yeah. right? That that doesn't exist in the world of Web three because you own the data.
1: Now, are these browsers that you speak of public already? That those Web three browsers that you can use?
2: Yeah, yeah, you can you can go out and um, uh, download some of those browsers. Um, the um, uh, Hold on. What What's the um? Write oh, this down. Hold, um, well, hold on. Let me do it. I I should know this um, off the top of my head. Head, but uh, but. Um. Brave. Go look at Brave. Okay. I kept I kept thinking of Duck Duck Go, and it's not Duck Duck Go. It's it's Brave. Well, that's not a Web three
1: though, is it? Is DuckDuckGo Duck Go Web three?
2: no that's no it's a search engine sort of thing okay so um but look at brave and you'll see it also will ask you to set up a crypto um wallet um that sort of thing but um that's web3 based
1: okay so as far as the whole crypto fiasco how do you feel about that do you feel like it's going to bounce back. Do you feel like it's a, it's a real thing? Do you feel like it's, it's, it was a
2: phase? Yeah, I, I I personally believe that it, it will come back. Um, and I, I think um, there are countries that are actually, you know, I mean, you probably read about the countries that are looking at that moving their currency to crypto. Um, the I mean, there are a lot of people are trying to get rid of the US dollar uh, in different shapes and forms, yep. and crypto could be a threat to that you know um and um but i i do see it i do see it coming back i mean there's it's it's moved too far to pull all the way back Agreed. to ground zero right Agreed. and you know the ship has left left the dock already <laughs> and and it, it will come back they'll it'll be different versions of it but it'll come back okay
1: yeah and i i want to say this you said something about the the you the, the, what it, you can't call them ufos no more what do they call them now
2: UAPs. UAPs. Unidentified unidentified aerial aerial phenomenon. When you are able to speak about
1: it or you've completed whatever you're doing, please let me know because I (laughs) love that. I love to learn about you. you Would you say UAPs? I love to learn about that.
0: And and
1: trump was supposed to release wasn't it like the the classified documents or
2: videos or whatever like whatever happened with that well they did release a whole bunch of documentation that's what stirred up the public a lot and and that's why there's a lot more that's going on right now about about you know uh what the government actually knows and what it doesn't know and there's there's just pushes for more of it right um you, you know i i mean we were i was at the um um the uh symposium in the the um um, paranormal symposium uh what what they call it the um ufo congress in phoenix and um i was you'll get a kick out of this because i was doing night vision stuff too Mm -hmm. um this lady walked up to walked up to me and the the people i was with some of the celebrity people that were there and they said this and, and she must have been like 70 years old and she said do you have a way to to use your goggles to see into my skin? And we go uh, what? You want to see in your yeah. And she said you, will your night vision see in the skin. I said, "Well, yeah, IR can see into the skin." And in fact, doctors uh you know, there's there's actually an IR scanner for nurses and everything to use that actually shows you the vein so you can they can put the IV in your vein without missing, right? <laughs> And, and so she said, Can you show it? Show this to me. So I said, Sure, come on over here for a second. So I took out the color night vision camera that I was using and I went to, I, I took her towards the back of the, the stage area where it was dark and I showed her how it would highlight the veins and everything in, in, her, in her skin, right? She goes, mm-hmm. Oh, this is so cool. Now, can you show me where the implants are? And I went, Implants? And she goes, yeah, I've been abduct- abducted so many times they know where I'm at because I have implants. I need to find them so I can get them removed. <laughs> so.
1: What the hell? But, yes. Uh Did did you attempt to find? <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> she did buy a pair of night vision goggles though. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That is crazy. Oh. Hey, there might have been some truth to it. You should have looked. Uh, you know, uh, but it was amazing meeting some of the people at that congress. Um, I mean, I, you know, and again, are there UFOs? I don't know. I've never seen I, one. I believe I, it. I, I believe there are. There has to look. We can't. We'd yeah. be very selfish to think we're the only ones in the universe.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but we we took forty people who paid money. To go with us to the top of one of the mountains in Phoenix, um, and give them a tour of the night sky using night vision. And we all sat out there for like three hours with these forty people, um, putting different goggles on their heads and allowing them to look up the night sky. And they would come back, "Oh, I see something moving. Is that a UFO?" And, and then I'd look up there. I said, "No, that's actually a satellite. And you can tell because it goes. It'll cross. It'll cross over in ten minutes." and and it's on a straight track so there was that type of conversation we were educating people on you know wow, what's up in, you could actually uh, see the satellites with the night vision goggles oh, well i i mean you can see a satellite with your naked eye um at night just like you can see the space station at night um when it when it comes over at certain times um but yes um satellites if you go outside and you look up at the sky and let your eyes get adjusted it takes about 30 minutes for your eyes to get adjusted to the dark but you will see satellites moving you know north to south or south to north um uh you know depending on what orbit they're in okay. um, but you'll see them just moving right across the sky and, and most of them that you see are in low earth orbit low earth orbits take about 10 minutes to go from one horizon to the other horizon you'll see them
1: wow what about the space so you said the space station you could see that too
2: yeah and in fact right after sunset or right before um uh sunrise uh you know a couple hours um when when the sun is is at an angle where it can reflect off of the space station it's like a bright shining light that just comes flying right over your head um can't miss it can't miss it it's pretty wild
1: how so how often does that orbit over on this side well it it
2: depends it it depends uh i mean it goes over the earth you know once or twice a day um you know because the orbits 90 minutes and depending on the path i mean i actually have a satellite tracking program i i i I don't have it loaded but i can show you because i'm a ham radio operator so i yes yes my antennas point to the sky and i i i I call et uh there i admit it um so (laughs) uh, uh, um but uh, in fact, in fact, I show you, here's, here's my, here's my radio station.
1: Hold on. Let me, oh, wow. What, what, hold on, man. What are you doing over there? <laughs> hold on. Let me get the guest. Hold on. Let me get the camera shot. Let me get the camera shot. So we all can see this big old station here. What are you doing? So
2: what is your purpose in doing that? So ham radio operators, amateur radio operators, we communicate worldwide via radios um, and the internet, and we have all kinds of digital stuff too. We have, you name it, we have it. But we also have a program, program, an organization called AMSAT, and that stands for Amateur Radio Satellite uh, Organization. And basically we have probably 25 satellites that are up in orbit. Almost every astronaut is a ham radio operator, and the the space station has ham radio on board full time as part of its operation. So we can talk to the astronauts. We we can get videos that they send down to us that we can look at. Uh, They have what we call a repeater on board, which means when they pass over, I can talk through the space station down to the rest of the Earth, and it repeats my signal from all over. So I can do that with a walkie-talkie, which you see a hand what we call handy talkies which you see yeah. on the right side of the screen um, but those radios I can talk to any of the s- satellites with the radios that you see there I can also talk a worldwide uh, with the other radios and then the handhelds are actually uh, digital ones they actually work through um, a, a mini interface that connects the radio through the internet. And I can dial up anybody in the world and they can talk back to me no matter where I'm at. Um, Like you can dial up anybody's phone? Well, it's not a phone. It's any ham radio operator. Okay, gotcha. Any ham radio operator can call another one with the digital systems that we have in place. So when you said Uh, you can speak to any satellite, what do you mean by that? So we have any satellite that we have that's operational that the ham radio world has put up. So we have like 25 satellites that are up in orbit right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you can look it up as AMSAT, A M S A T dot org. Um, and if you look them up, you'll see all the satellites we have. You'll see the space, talk about the space station, um, all the different things that, that, uh, that ham radio operators have access to
1: and what is the purpose what is your your organization's purpose what do you
2: what do you guys do so ham ham radio was originally founded two years ago back in the i don't know 30s 40s somewhere in there i don't know was originally founded to promote the use of radio communications when radio radio was first coming out an organization was formed to help grow the use of wireless communication so ham radio has always been, uh, when, it, when it finally got authorized by the U.S. government uh, um, under the FCC, got organized as a hobby only. You cannot use it for business communication. However, ham radio operators are the guys that man all the police stations, the emergency um, control centers, um, fire departments, uh, military When when other forms of communication go out, as you've probably seen on many movies, um, ham radio operators are there to to set up radios and operate because we're the only ones that can uh, because we're so flexible. So good example, 9-11. When 9-11 happened, um, all the sailor communication and two-way radios were knocked out in New York City. If it wasn't for the thousands of ham radio operators that set up all their radios around New York City, there would have been no communication in New York City uh, during 9-11. Um, so all the radios got set up for that. Uh, hurricanes, lots of times were the only means of communications in major disaster areas. Um, so that's why every state has ham radio operators operating in their emergency centers during disasters. how did you become involved with that? So years ago when I used when I was a kid working on radar systems on, on ships at sea. Um, one of the radio operators said to me, he goes, um, Hey, when are you going to, you know, you do this commercially, when you're going to get your ham radio license? Um, cause almost all ship operators, uh, radio operators are ham radio operators too. Um, and I said, hey, you know, I don't want to learn the Morse code. And, and, he, and so he, he gave me a bunch of tapes, tapes, you know, cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's old and gone with. It. So, <laughs> but he gave me a bunch of cassette tapes and said, here, go learn the Morse code. And so I did, I spent a few weeks learning the Morse code and and I went down because I was in electronics and I had a commercial FCC license. I went down and took the ham radio license test and I passed. Um, And then uh, I kept going back till I got the highest that you can get uh, for a license in ham radio. And I started talking to people all over the world. And I've talked to the Mir space station when it was up. I was I have another video that I don't have loaded right now, but when Grenada was under attack, um, I was listening in and monitoring what was going on there and ham radio operator, that a student, he was actually operating during the attack and he was underneath the table. Help, help, uh, we need this. It's we need this to to have happen. Someone come down and, and bring, you know, more, more weapons here to get these people out of here. And it was actually different than what was being portrayed on the news. So I have a video of, of Channel 9 up here in New Hampshire, came over my house, they interviewed me while I was listening in to the communication from the student during the, the attack on Grenada, and they were talking about, look, the government, our, our government is saying this is happening, but these ham radio operators that are in Grenada are saying it's totally different. Um, so it was a, inter, a pretty interesting um, thing that happened.
1: So they were painting one picture when it was actually something yeah. else going on. And, I mean, that happens all the time. Yeah, but we're at the mercy of you know the news the media. But
2: yeah, but I, I, here at the house, I have antennas that spin around, track satellites as they pass over. They point and they move and they, you know, and and uh, you know, it just
1: <laughs> how often? How often do you get on those radios?
2: Um, you know, I get on uh, I, I don't say quite often I get on like on the weekends or something I'll get on for a few minutes. The nice thing about ham radio is you don't have to do it all the time, right? It's when, when you feel like sitting down and doing it get on and do it um, Like if I know if I know there's something going on or a friend of mine says hey, let's connect um, You know because I got friends in different places of the world um, mm-hmm. we'll set a time up and we'll get on and talk and carry on for a couple hours of just talking back and forth and and could you do it with a cell phone certainly um but it's not the same you know communicating by radio and by through satellites and and the art that goes along with that is a challenge and a lot of fun
1: yeah it seems like man you're blowing my mind this is i gonna get you
2: into some new hobbies
1: (laughs) yeah this is oh man this is so enlightening it really is i really really appreciate this for real man it's so good catching up with you i mean it's i met you you came in with a bang and, and you you come back with a bang
2: <laughs> the way i look at it I, I i mean i always say i was born 50 years too early because the tech is so crazy right it's and it's growing you know they used to say that tech evolved in in, in 18 months and then it got down to a year and that you know with ai ai evolves every day
1: every day you know
2: and, and you can't even begin to imagine yet what that's going to do to all the things that you're used to i watched a, I, I, I watched the president of a, another augmented reality company up on stage last week when i was out to, to out at the conference um, talking about how she fell and got hurt and she had internal injuries and she went for an mri and they went. They, you know, how MRI shows you blobs of color, right? Uh, of what's going on in your body, and a doctor reads that. Well, then they fed. The, they used a, a tool by NVIDIA, which which applied AI to the images, and it created an exact replica replica of what her body organs looked like. So you could actually see her organs, and the doctor could fly through the organs to see what was wrong. It was really amazing to see that
1: wow i love it i love
2: it i love it i love it i love it i leave, leave with it i'll show you another video here put it in the put it in the other mode I'll show, go. i'm gonna show you another video all right this one this one was like night vision except i told you we we moved it to color right mm-hmm. so that's midnight that's what gopro sees at midnight that's what wow. we were seeing
1: Wow, and was that the um the psionic? Yes.
2: And wow. then of course, and 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 then of course, you know, you you've got to do fun things. So so that's out of fourteen thousand feet in the dark.
0: Wow,
1: wow, wow! So it's pitch black out there. Yes, pitch black. That is crazy.
0: Now wait till you see what
1: the
2: guy does if you wanna see crazy. He is heads down, spinning 365 degrees in a circle in the dark. Oh,
1: heck no. (laughs) (laughs) But he can see though, because he has the night vision on, is that correct?
2: Well, he doesn't have night vision on, but he can see the ground. Oh
1: heck no!
0: Mm-mm. <laughs> there you go.
1: Mm-mm. That's too much for me. <laughs> That's too much for me. Oh my god! Hey, before we get out of here, talk about your podcast. We, we didn't speak about your podcast, Spatial Perspectives Podcast. Everybody yeah, so
2: your- the podcast, and I actually got a little behind on it. You know how tough it is to get people to to line up and everything. Um, yeah. So it was about interviewing technologists about what was going on in in the world of technology. So I had a bunch of, um, you know, people on um, that are movers and, and shakers in the world. Uh, there was the contact lens augmented reality guys who actually just got bought up, um, but th- that was pretty cool. Um, you know, so uh, it, it, it's all about, it's all about trying to um, introduce technology to the normal everyday folks that are out there in a way that they'll understand it and not be afraid of it so that's what it was about okay
1: yeah when you get back up and going please let me know so i can i will i will yeah man you're amazing
2: you're amazing dan well thank you it's it's, you know it's it's all about toys he who dies with the most toys wins
1: (laughs) definitely about the toys i love where tech is going this is man i'm my mind So uh, me i learned so much tonight this is crazy i love it i love it i love it i love it man thank you so much for coming on it's good catching up with you i'm so glad i was able to uh, reconnect
2: with you. wait too long i mean god you know uh we'll have to do it again and uh yes. I'll have, maybe i'll have you on on my show we'll do hey, that bring me on
1: we'll chat it up <laughs> bring me on let's do it all right let's do it it'll be fun yes i can't wait hey well listen we'll go ahead and get out of here i appreciate it make sure everyone to follow dan instagram it's on his lower third right there um amazing guy if you watched it listen if you if you're just tuning in and you missed this please go back and watch the replay he's amazing he does so many things Man, I'm blown away. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on here and just sharing the
2: platform. Oh, it's a pleasure. Glad glad to catch up with you again. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Hey, guys, you know where I'm at every Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here, kicking it with somebody cool like Dan Kui. Man, we are out of here, y'all. Peace and love. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you tell a friend. Tell a friend. Subscribe. All that good stuff. See you next time. We are out.